0: All right, welcome folks. Welcome back to Larger, Freer, More Loving. As always, I'm Matt Levine. I'm Dwight Lewis. So last time we did something new for the show, a quick cast with Christina Van Dyke, an Mm. in-depth account of some one individual issue that really grabs our attention off of our planned episodes. And today we're following up with our second quick cast, This time with artists and activists of the Talking Wing Collective, Blake Labia and Simu Aguilar Izzo, who are hosting the North Country Art, Land, and Environment Summit throughout the month of September and into October. So thanks so much for being here, you two. Uh, And we'd like to just start by having you two introduce yourselves
1: in the summit, please. And like you said, I use they them pronouns. I am an artist, activist, organizer, originally from Guanajuato, Mexico, Chichimeca, Nahua territory.
2: And my name is Blake Lavia. I also use they them pronouns. And um, I am originally from Italy.
0: Thank you. Uh, So could you tell us about this summit that you put together? How did this come together? What are you focusing on? Yeah, how's that going?
2: So we started working on this summit uh, in collaboration with St. Lawrence University last September. Uh, And um, at first it was supposed to be an in-person summit here in upstate New York, uh, the Noshani Territory. Uh, But as uh, the... COVID crisis hit, it became an all online summit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our hope for the region was to connect different struggles and different endeavors that um, different people in the different communities that make up upstate New York uh, are working on, whether it's agriculture, whether it's um, uh, engineering that can uh, improve uh, land management. Uh, or, um, the, or uh, the struggles to protect uh, rivers and clean rivers. So this was uh, our goal, putting together this summit, bringing together voices that can give a picture of what's happening environmentally in this region and uh, what are future solutions to make uh, the future of this region uh, better and uh, prosperous.
1: And when we're talking to you all, it's ha- the summit is halfway completed. We've had two weeks, two busy weeks, uh, panel discussions and art exhibitions. And so there are two more weeks ahead. Um, we just finished conversations about water and food sovereignty. And the weeks coming up, we have the conversations about environmental justice and racism, and also about the environmental future of the region and the world.
3: Awesome, awesome. So that being said, will you go ahead and give us your website and maybe any handles that you might have so that we, so then the people that can listen, the people that are listening can go ahead and follow the summit.
2: You can go at nocoenvironment.org, nocoenvironment.org. And
1: our person, we are very low tech when it comes to social media, unfortunately, with the summit, okay. um, which could be a good or bad thing. However, our handle for our collective is um, at Talking with
3: at Talking Wings, okay, okay. So you guys heard that if you're listening, go ahead and follow, follow away. Um, So one of the things that first grabbed um, our attention about the summit was um, the fact that you guys are uh, um, focused really on the intersection between art, land and environment. Um, Art is one of the things that we've really attempted or we're starting to attempt um, to make a really important focus on the podcast especially next season really thinking about making this the main focus can you talk to us a little bit about the role um, that art plays in activism in relationship to art and the environment so the role that art plays in activism in relationship to the land and environment
2: so um, there are a lot of ways to talk about the land, the environment We, we are usually used to hear scientists Talk about it, engineers talk about it, historians, philosophers, art historians, but art as art itself has a very important role and vital role for the communities and the people that can access it. Because it adds an additional language to what we understand as being the natural world. It adds an further level of understanding that science and history and generally words cannot tackle. So this is why we brought it. We brought it into the picture because we didn't want only uh, to have people talking about environment from a scientific, historical, or from a political point of view. We wanted to add that layer that is the fabric that keeps uh, societies and communities together.
1: And just, that was. thank you so much for that. And just to add one more little thing, in talking about anything in this world, we'll engage in some form of storytelling. You all both are master storytellers. <laughs> so in telling a story, we need to engage, just like Blake said, in every single language possible. Right now we're speaking in the settler colonialist language of English. Yeah, yeah. It's not a barrier, it's heavy. It weighs on us, it weighs in the discourse. So speaking about the land in just one way, in some ways, it's a, very, it's a violent omission. It's a form of systematic structural violence. Sure. Yes. So it's necessary to do what Blake said, to add other forms of language, other forms of storytelling, to create a more complete picture.
3: Um, so you talked about art um, being able to um, kind of bring cultures together in a way that science, the env- science, uh, history, and other things seem to be that it can't do. Um, how then um, do you see yourself even working within or working alongside historians and, science, and scientists? Even even with bringing in that additional language, how do you see yourself working alongside them? Or do you not think it's a good
1: thing? Like, that's the thing. No, 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 I, I think it needs to happen. So if you look at the, in the panels, we've always made sure in these last two panels to have had artists, Who are speaking alongside people who have different knowledges and forms of expertise okay we all have different lenses to see the world and art is just one of those lenses it's just conceiving and understanding the world around so yes it needs to be in communication all of these elements need to be communication with with each other you can't really segregate and divide them into boxes yeah i agree at this time we need to connect sorry for interrupting
3: No, 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 I interrupted you. So that being said, do you think that then um, I think oftentimes we look at things like history and science as um, uh, being able to um, stand above to be able to stand above nationality, be able to stand above cultures. Um, But I'm listening to you now. And right off the bat, I'm looking at the ways that art can be um, art doesn't have a language, like doesn't have like an actual spoken language. In um, the ways that it could just be placed in front of you, um, right? And then you can then speak in your own language or speak in relationship to your own scientist. Um, and so I'm like, I'm listening to you now. Um, and I'm almost, I almost want to say um, the, uh, the way that Blake said that the, like art is probably the most essential language. Um, and that's a language that we've been keeping out of the conversation in the West, right, has actually been manipulating us um, and controlling us by by actually keeping art out of the picture. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. At least that's what I'm getting from you. And I'm I'm like y'all, y'all right, y'all are right, y'all are right, one hundred percent.
1: Couldn't Love what you said. agree <laughs>
0: No, but I mean, just especially when it comes to issues of the environment, right? Because you know we we have we have an Earth here that we are sharing across the globe, and and the only way we're going to make progress on the the horrific environmental degradation and destruction is going to be communicating over national boundaries, especially these national boundaries that have been created in these. Uh, uh, horrific settler colonial ways, right? So, so art there seems to me to have that, that language of creating community that's so unbelievably essential for making any progress on environmental justice. Um, so, so this also, this is interesting because we also try to emphasize justice and community here. Um, and I've, as I've been watching the summit come together, it's been fantastic to see the community of activists for justice that you've brought together. I mean, this, this last week's panel on food sovereignty with, with Claudia Ford, with uh, Gachi Juni Fox, uh, Carmen Musan, Himani uh, Gupta Carlson, and Catherine Bennett was, was just breathtaking. Um, so I'm wondering uh, just what has it been like working with this community? Uh, what, what will you take away from this experience of, of working with this community?
2: I think overall, it's been amazing getting to know these people that in their own uh, corner uh, are working uh, to make this land better for everybody and for the future generation. Uh, The last panel you mentioned, they were all farmers uh, and people that specifically work with the land. So like farming, it's gonna, it's, it's essential it's what keeps us all alive. And as we go on into a future that's becoming more and more uncertain, are these little farmers, these people that are working the land in a way that's sustainable, are gonna keep us alive in the long run. Mm Mm -hmm. So, and uh, we have talked with people that have protected the river, that are making policy now to still protect their community from pollutants that otherwise uh, would uh, go overlooked, Uh, and I think talking to all these different people has been enlightening, mostly because I realized how much we are affected by the doomsday rhetoric that we are constantly bombarded by. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything that is shown from a scientific point of view, from the point of view of this global global climate crisis, is that everything is burning. The forests in Siberia are burning, the west coast is burning, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, the ice caps are melting, uh, there are oil spills, and we can't do anything about it. They keep on building pipelines, they keep on fracking, and there's really nothing we can do, we can just watch. It's not true, it's not true, that's not not the case and it's not true that not, nothing is happening and the people are doing nothing and seeing all these people that we have managed to get together it's like a tangible proof that is not true that there are people that are working there and that are succeeding and not only in this country but uh, in other countries as well yeah
3: yeah, yeah. so
2: i think uh, this has been the most beautiful thing going against the idea that we are doomed and seeing that instead, there are things that we can do, and there are things that are being done, and there are things that uh, we can bring forward with more discussions and more sharing of the knowledge that is not dooming but that it is uh, positive that it is yes, we can do it. So, I think this has been the most beautiful part, at least for me, of uh, getting to know all these people and at the same time seeing them interact because most often, people just work with these kind of struggles are isolated. Everybody works in their own bubbles. Like, in our country, is the most bubbly bubble of all. There are the bubble of universities, the bubble of these regions, the bubble of the tiny towns, and nobody talks. Nobody knows what's happening. Um, We know what's happening in the Arctic more than what's happening here. So seeing people coming together like this has been like, wow, so these people are now talking. So maybe these people in the future can work together and connect the struggles. No, well, Jess,
1: just, just to add one quick thing to everything that you said, when you we were talking about these narratives, because again, we're talking about narratives. Yep. Narratives yep. about where we are, where we situate ourselves in the world. Narratives that tie all of us together. Us as, it's called to talk about people as a species, but kind of the, the way I've seen other human beings is when they look, when people notice that someone is doing something that works, When people see the experience of something that works, people usually follow along. They usually follow along more than when you go out there, you say, you have to do this. And you're getting in their face. People stop listening. But when you are there working with other people and you see their example, things start shifting. So again, we have been in some ways have been extremely more than lucky. been blessed to have met all these people that are doing this. And that, that's one of the things that I'm taking away is that yes, 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 we all can. And that hopefully other people will take that away as well. But yes, these people yeah. are doing it so you can do it too.
3: Yeah, 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 no, that's good. That's really good. I, um, this is making me think also, you know, we're going through, you know, I, you know, I'm speaking, I am black. And there's some things that we've been going through this summer, right? Um, in relationship to justice. Um, and I think that we've actually seen um, movement in relationship to justice. Um, to some extent, right? Uh, we're not seeing the, the level that we want, right? Um, but I think the images that we see of um, uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor actually helping with that um, in a way that we haven't been able to see those because we didn't have these before, right? Um, and it's a different form of images and it's a different form of uh, language that's outside of this uh, spoken Western um, type of language. But um, it is uh, those images are, I think, shifting Um, shifting the landscape Um, and that being said I really want to ask a question surrounding um, race and gender now gender in particular um, which seems to be a central concern also uh, for the summit and for environmental justice Um, can you talk to us a little about gender um, and racial oppression and resistance um, and how that became a part of or if it was Uh, a part of your thought process in relationship to putting on the summit? Um, And then can you give us um, any preview of events that you might have that will, in the remaining events, um, that uh, might deal with these issues of gender and race um, in relationship to um, environmental justice?
2: I can can talk briefly about how we chose the panelists, and then you can maybe go more in depth. Uh, Our F, so we in the North country is, I mean, we can agree that it's not a diverse area. And uh, it's uh, really a bubble on its own and racism is rampant and uh, violent. Uh, So, starting from that, our objective has been to feature mostly, um, try to feature as much as possible women or not necessarily white men. So mm-hmm. that's been mm. a, one of our first intents, feature people that usually, in the greater discourse, are completely muted. Because even when we talk about the sciences or the history, it's usually a white academic man that tells everything. So that has been our primary goal, to, de- to give the voice to women uh, and um, people that were not white and uh, particularly not only to white
1: men. And of course, in managing, working through anything, you have to uh, also acknowledge your own positionality. Okay. So I grew up, I'm of Nahua, Urepecha and Mediterranean descent, but I grew up in Mexico and I grew up looking very white in Mexico. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I grew up with that background. So I'm going to acknowledge, first of all, that background. Which, which off the bat has its own different multiple layers of violence and history. In this country, if people don't read my name, they just look at my face. And I have had people study my face and say, what, your nose, know, this, your nose, know, that, that means you're from there. I've had that happen. But most of the time, I'm just, look, they look at me and they think, what? So I'm coming to this background, into this place, into the North Country. Well, maybe people may look at me as somebody that is not like the region, but I do look. So I have to acknowledge that part of me. Originally, I I am, I do consider myself someone who says they, them, pronouns, someone who is not he, him, male. However, I do look he, him, male. So again, start off the bat, I am coming with that baggage. We all carry that baggage on our faces, on our skin, and also inside of our brains.
3: So in working
1: in anything, we have to acknowledge that and try to move forward in that direction while acknowledging our own faults. And in this day and age, especially with everything you mentioned, with the amazing movement that's happening this summer when it comes to Black Lives Matter, it's important we always acknowledge those things. So yes, okay. we, our intent was to more than everything always step back and then try to see what voices in our community will have been mostly silenced. Yeah. The, oh, keep
3: going, keep going, keep going.
1: No, no, sorry, sorry. And a lot oh, of those voices in this area. Also, have been the Ak- Akwasazne Mohawk community, and how not, and there is a divide. Like they like mentioned, these bubbles of these communities that are not connecting. And I've t- talked to professors. I'm not going to say what school or whom, but I've talked to professors in the region who ask environmental justice, what's happening with environmental justice in the region, what's happening, what what people are working on amazing projects in the region, and they've been thinking and they were thinking like, I don't know. My focus is the Arctic. I don't know what's happening here. Lord. So there, Lord. That, that's extreme racism right there. Yeah. That's extreme disconnect with their, with their community. Yeah. So this was we need, this needs to break. These walls need to come down.
3: Yeah. But yes, what were
1: you about to say? No,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I was just sitting here and I'm like, you are completely right. Uh, first off, I wanted to, I like, on the positionality thing, understanding your positionality. Uh, because, you know, James Baldwin, um talks about in the fire next time that self-acceptance is important to doing any type of justice work and so right when you heard, when you said that that's all i could think about is this like idea of, like if you don't know yourself and you're walking into a space and you're attempting to do justice work it's like you're doing you're doing a fraught job of it you're not doing a great job of it um, and so that you said that was like i literally got like some chills i'm not gonna lie i'm still feeling them because i was like this is what so many people miss It's like they miss the fact that they they come in with some particular positionality, and they think that they just are like gonna buddy up to people. Um, And it's like without accepting themselves. And it's like, wait, yo, like white people do this in black communities all the time. Like, come on over, and they want to hang out. And it's like, I don't know you, and people (laughs) like you are not just to people like me. Like, so you need to come on your knees if you're gonna come. Like, you can't come up to me with your chest and chest pumped and some. And a hundred dollar bill, like leave me alone. Like we've been, we've seen y'all come in and out of my community, um, and so no, I just I like I heard you, and I was like, man, uh, this is a thing that for for me uh, is probably I, is one of the biggest struggles. I think that the white Western community struggles with um, is this exact exact thing. Um, it's a it's a it's a thing that beats me up anyways all the time. Um, sad, uh, I. We'll say one more thing and this is where, uh, so I am, uh, actually I can't say this because I'm gonna put some, so I was at some meeting um, <laughs> and, um, and this particular organization was attempting to put together a, a BLM um, uh, statement of like um, of, um, standing behind the BL, BLM movement. Um, and so they have a committee that is putting it together. They bring it to the larger committee which is everyone. And there is a uh, white woman that um, stands up and she's like, I'm mad that I wasn't allowed to be a part of putting this BLM um, group statement together. I was, and I, I turned off my camera and I was like, I wish I had enough privilege in the world to be mad about not being able to be a part of like creating justice for black people. Like, I was like, I wish that I could be like, mm, I'm so mad that I can't create justice for black people. Mm. Like, I was like, that's really crazy. Um, and this is like her not understanding her positionality. That is like, you might need to just sit back and sit in the back of the room and help when we need you. But That might be the best space for you right now. Uh, and so, no, I just, I, I'm only speaking to this and speaking to it a lot, because I think this is something that the white world need to hear. And that's something the white world need to hear. Um, know your position.
0: Absolutely, we do. Cause I mean, the, the part of, part of whiteness is just assuming that we don't have a position. That, that, mm. that ours, that ours is just the default way of looking at okay. the world and everything else is defined in terms of the way mm-hmm. we look in the world. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we need to be reminded of this absolutely constantly. So again, this is, this is another uh, uh, thing that I really appreciate, um, both the activism and the education that's going along with this summit that you've been doing here. Um, so, so as you said earlier, um, there are three events remaining. You've got a panel on environmental justice, a panel on environmental futures, and a screening of your documentary, Burning or Breathing. Uh, so can you uh, tell us about about that? What, what can we expect uh, out of the rest of the summit?
1: So in the next panel, we're going to have a number of speakers from around this region. Um, most of the people are gonna be from Haudenosaunee territory. However, the moderator of the panel is actually gonna be from the outside. So it's gonna be, be Agnes Williams, who is actually uh, someone that is very, who knows Matt has collaborated with Matt a lot many times before, and, and who's going to be featuring this next panel about environmental justice around the doctrine of discovery.
3: So in talking okay.
1: about environmental justice, we're going to have people speaking about other different issues of land rights, people speaking about, well there's going to be Stephanie Morningstar is going to be speaking about issues reviving the Northeast Forms of Color land trust and how they view land within the colonialist, colonialist land perspective. People speaking with me, Craig Arquette, speaking from Aquasazne, of his many years of, moder- of kind of overseeing the Superfund site, where well, these companies, GM and Alcoa, went and poisoned the rivers, poisoned the land, poisoned the Aquasazne community. He's talking about his work overseeing that. We're also going to have Nikki Hilton Patterson from Adirondack Diversity speaking about her perspective of environmental justice in this region in specifically the Durandas and her work working inside of the Durandas itself which is itself its own complicated story so there we're going to have everything environmental justice through doctrine of discovery next panel is going to be again environmental futures we're going to have people from it's hard to say this because these are colonial distinctions but four different government bodies who are going to be speaking people speaking from that is people known as Canada, but it's Haudenosaunee territory, Cornwall, in Canada, in what you know, people know as Canada. People speaking from Canton and Potsdam, New York Haudenosaunee territory, what people call us United States. People speaking from the Akwesasne, the, the Council of Akwesasne, and people speaking from the St. Rudy's Mohawk tribe. So four different government distinctions all joining together to discuss the environmental future awesome. of this region. A future in which the climate crisis is gonna inspire mass mobilizations of people. People are going to move into this a- area looking for the clean water. So how, how is this region going to react? How mm-hmm. is Akwasazne going to inter- interact with the people who are going to be coming, maybe trying to take their land again? So that's that summit. The last and, least, and and not least is going to be the screening of our film, which is kind of more about this humble attempt to connect this region with other movements. So okay. it's, more, but it's a screening. We're going to be inviting speakers Speakers from the the river sentinels from Jacomuco, Veracruz, who managed to stop Odebre, a Brazilian giant ugly corporation for building a dam on the river. Speakers from Sendas, a group in Mexico, in in the Antigua watershed in Mexico that is managing successfully to create a network of farmers to protect the watershed. So again, more than just screening, it's connecting the issues of this watershed with other watersheds, making a global picture. That's awesome. That is awesome.
0: No, that's so, fantastic. So I just want to, uh, that sounds not only like uh, fantastic topics there, but, but that lineup, uh, Agnes Williams with her. <laughs> On uh, uh, the United Nations uh, 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 Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Uh, Stephanie Morningstar is fantastic. Nikki Hilton Patterson has done absolutely wonderful work since she's, she's been here working for the Adirondack Diversity Initiative. Um, so yeah, uh, again, folks listening, uh, uh, please, please uh, uh, join this event uh, this Wednesday at 6.30 for this panel. Uh, on environmental justice uh, in the North Country. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, Dwight.
3: Oh, no, 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 that was a plug that needed to happen. Shoot, I'm gonna say 100%. So first off, you talked about the Doctrine of Discovery. For those that are listening, if you wanna listen more about the Doctrine of Discovery, go to to episode five, don't wait, just freaking do it. um, And you can hear more about that. Um, Then you guys moved on to this environmental future and the film, I love that you're doing you're almost doing an education then you're moving to the region and then there's a connecting the region to the globe i just was like that is like i'm sorry like that's really uh, it's, it's like important to work, work that way educate people on why they should be involved like work from the region out um so many people want want to work from out in um and so i really think that you guys are just like doing good work and you guys both look so damn young um and i was like you guys this is the first time i've cussed on the entire um on the entire podcast, you guys made me do it. Um, so, <laughs> so because of that, I've got to ask the question that's burning for me and for my students, um, is how, uh, how can young people, like not only get involved in your work, but also how can they, what are some advice, like, what's some advice that you would give them for being able to make the movement from like, um, you know, this 19 year old college student that doesn't really know what they're doing to doing work like you guys are doing um to doing work like um activism in relationship to land art race any type of activism that's at that intersection of also doing art um because i think that's the only thing like you i think you guys are completely right art connects the mind um and the heart in a way that reason just can't do it and so i'm always trying to get my students to do art uh, but it's like how would you speak to them
2: so I think, particularly if you're still 19, the, it's, a, it's like growing into the process. So it's, I think, little by little realizing what you're interested in and realizing what struggle you feel like you can contribute to. And everybody's different and everybody has their own interests. So if, you cannot ask a person to do what their brain do not want to do, nor their heart to, want to do. Another thing that I think is very important is trying to break free from the cages that this society has put us in. We go to institutions that are schools or any other kind of situation in which they expect you to decide what's going to be your career. And once you decide what's going to be your career whether or not kind of you get there because the world is changing anyway um, from uh, the previous generations but you're going to have to be that and that only. And once you get into that uh, framework, you're going to have to act according to where where you are going to be in the social class of the society in which you are growing up in. And I think we need to break out of that because you might like science, but you might like art, but you might like history. And I think nowadays with this technological world, with this world that is asking us to be more and more fluid to the point that there's no security anymore, that's actually freedom we can start to take on ourselves. So I think uh, break free from the cages of what you think you ought to do to be part of this capitalist structure and work from there. And once you work from there, look around. Where are you living? Who are the people that surround you? And little by little, like uh, from what you know of, of the history of the area and what you know of the people you've talked to, start moving out from there and say, what can we do? to change things. And everybody's different. There might be a situation in which there are people that are capable of standing in front of the police and uh, use their bodies to protect and fight. But that's not everybody. You cannot Mm -hmm. ask that from everybody. And that's not all the struggle we need. Everybody in their own little way can, by sharing, by talking and by offering what they can offer, change something. And Mm. we came to this area to college and uh, we, um, then we moved out, we went to other places, and our process has been realizing what happened in those places, so reading about the history of those places, and then realizing what are the resources we are drinking, like in Boston, where is it coming from, what is the history of that water, what violence lies underneath it, and little by little that has been forming us as people, and has been bringing us to now to make this summit, thinking that, okay, we have lived in our country, but as outsiders, as students, I came from the other side of the world with a background that was completely different, with a history that's completely different. And I came here and I inhabited this land and I didn't know almost anything about this land. I didn't even quite know that New York was a state when I moved here and I was 18. And then little by little, up to now, because I'm 28, I realized what was the history of this land. And as a person that has inhabited it, I decided, well, what can I do to help it? People are not talking to each other. Maybe yeah, yeah. without putting my word into it, but my, own, my personal contribution has been the art. And it's the art of an outsider that communicates with the environment that I hosted me for years. And that's my personal contribution, but I didn't want to put my voice into other people. I wanted the people of this area to talk to themselves. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. Themselves. Mm-hmm. So I
3: think
2: that's what I can say to a young person: start a little and move with what you want to do and the change you want to see. And I think.
1: Yeah, and just just to kind of g- conclude that, even though it does not need any concluding the slightest, just but just one last thing to say is that it's always necessary to one look deep inside, deep inside oneself like you just mentioned about the positionality. It's important to look and acknowledge one's own role in society and really look at the fact that one has what you could say ecological footprint, you could say racial footprint, but all of our footprints in some ways are covered in blood. The blood of our ancestors or the capitalist system in which we live. So we need to acknowledge that. And then, and what blood is, the blood is seeping onto a land. You need to understand the history of that land. In our case, Bake mentioned very quickly that we lived for a brief time in Boston. And we did not, we, again, we, we were coming in as an outsider without asking really permission to enter a space and without knowing the history of that space, it's necessary to really delve deeper into all of your histories. Know your histories, know the legacies where you stand and act from there. But you need Maybe. to know that first, because if you don't, yeah. the castle's going to crumble. crumble. You need to move forward
3: from there. <laughs> so I got two statements before Matt talks that
1: grabbed, my, grabbed me there.
3: Um, break free of the art, um, and all footprints are covered in blood. It's like, um, there is a brokenness um, and a, like movement away from the brokenness of, um, I'm going to say America, but capitalism, imperialism. right? Um, and I think there's a brokenness in all of us for being a part of this thing that we have to recognize. But I really heard in what you were saying, but also to break yourself away from the odd of what society tells you or how society tells you you should exist in the world. Um, but know that even breaking away from that odd doesn't mean that you're not dirty, you know. Um, and I was like, you yeah, know, y'all right, y'all right, yo, y'all are y'all are y'all are a great pair. Like right. this is this works, this works, one hundred percent.
0: No, so so. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today, uh, Blake and Siwu. Um, as as Dr. Claudia Ford introduced your last event, um, we're in the middle of these triple pandemics of, of COVID nineteen, of systemic racism, and climate change. And after after uh, your last response, I would add to that. Um, uh, uh, Heteropatriarchal racial capitalism uh, <laughs> uh, and, and we really think that we we can't make progress on any of these without making progress on all of them uh so so thank you so much for creating this space for folks to do that um and thanks for uh coming on the show to tell us about it uh and we're looking forward to the rest
1: of the summit one hundred percent. Thank you, thank you for your comments, your 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 questions, and just for we'll bring it all together.
2: Yes. Thank and you. thank you for
1: making your space, a space of this show, part of that change that needs to happen. One of those many incubators mm. for the future to come.
3: Yes. Well, we appreciate that so much. We appreciate that so much. Thank you for coming on.